0: welcome to blessings of christ i'm scott roberts we are also the church of christ the church of christ is scriptural in name scriptural in origin scriptural in doctrine and scriptural in practice our lesson today is by joey fox he is bringing us part two of his lesson on the undeniable facts of the bible we hope that you enjoy the lesson and we ask that you please like us on facebook thank you
1: Beautiful so white, beautiful, beautiful land.
0: Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 4 through 6, it says, There is one body and one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. The oneness of it all. There's just one. There's just one true church. There's just one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. There's no others. And he says, in one hope of your calling. One. There is no other. No other. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 12 through 14 it says, For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink in one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. We have many members, but there's just one body, friends. Just one body. Just one church. There's no other than what Jesus died for. That one body. We must be in that church. And then in Colossians chapter 1, and verse 17 and 18, it says, And He is before all things, and by Him all things consist. And He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He might have the preeminence. He wants the preeminence. He wants to be number one. He better be number one in our lives or we better be thinking about what we're doing. He better have the preeminence. But He says He was before all things. And by Him all things consist. That's an undeniable fact that by Him all things consist. The next thing that we'll talk about is we must be in Christ. And I thought about this from our Bible study. If you turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2, along about verse 10, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore, remember that ye, being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision from the flesh made by hands, that at that time we were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. See, friends, we're a Gentile race of people. We were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. We had no hope. No hope at all. But now, with Christ and His death, he took down that middle wall of the tissue. He made us all one. We're all one in Him. The oneness of it all that we talked about before. In Second Timothy chapter 2, and verse 10, it says, Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. In Christ Jesus, the salvation that we can obtain, Think about that. In we've been in Revelations talking about the end of time, but we've spent a lot of time on what's going to happen at the end of time. But are we thinking about what's after that? After He says, well done, thou good and faithful, or depart, what, what those things, what that entails. Well done, we enter the joys of our Lord. The, the things that He talks about there in Revelations at the end. The good things. But then if we have not done well and He says depart, we're going to enter into that place that, of destruction. That, that's, that's a sad thing to think about. But we better be thinking on those things as well. In Acts chapter 4, and verse 11 and 12, it says... This is the stone which was set at nought of you builders, which is become the head of the corn. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And I underscore must be saved. He doesn't say should be saved or will be saved. He says we must be saved. That's the only name that we can get any salvation in is the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus. And then in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13 and 14, it says, Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son, in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. He gave us the ability to have forgiveness of sins. You remember in the Old Testament, they were required to have sacrifices. And they had to do that year to year. And it only rolled back sin for that season. Well, He gives us forgiveness of sin through His blood. That redemption that He gives through His blood. That we can have forgiveness of sin. We've done something wrong. We can ask forgiveness for it. And... Turn from that. Some other things we must be in Christ is in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 11. it says, And this is the record that God hath given us, given to us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. We can only have eternal life in His Son. That's the only way that we'll have eternal life is in His Son in obeying those, that plan of salvation. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. Think back, friends, on the things that when you first obeyed the Gospel. Some of us may not be able to think back that far, but if you think back and you come out of that body of grief and you think about how you were you could have would have done and could have done anything that was asked of you for the lord are we still the same today i think sometimes that we fall away from that a little bit but we must be in christ we must be in christ and have that newness that he talks about here <clears throat> in galatians chapter 3 and verse 26 and 27 it says For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. We put Him on. We become just like Him. We become an heir and joint heir with Christ. to that inheritance that He's going to offer after a while. As long as we're faithful. And we're going to talk about that here in just a minute too. The faithfulness. The next thing that is an undeniable fact is we must be a faithful Christian. In Hebrews chapter two and verse one through four it says, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. And let me stop right there. Lest at any time we let them slip. That's that's why we come week to week and we we study to show ourselves approved because we have a tendency to let things slip he says here lest at any time we should let them slip for if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation which the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard Him. God also bearing the witness both with signs and wonders, and with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to His own will. You know, He confirmed these things. These undeniable facts. He, he performed miracles to try to show those at that time His power And that he was the Son of Man, and they wouldn't believe Him. But if we neglect this salvation, he says, This great salvation, how shall we escape? If we neglect it, we're not. We're going to be told, depart from me in the work of iniquity, just like all the others out there that are not doing what they should do. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 5 through 9, it says. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, and they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is empty against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be, So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that, the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. We better have the Spirit of Christ or we're none of his. He says it. We're none of his if we don't have the Spirit of Christ. This carnal mind, our worldly mind, we need to clear that and be spiritual in it. being I mean, putting on Christ and putting that into our, our thoughts and intents of our heart. Some other things here in Hebrews chapter ten and verse thirty six through thirty nine it says for ye have need of patience that after ye have done the will of God ye might receive the promise. For yet a little while. And he that shall come will come, and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but to, of them that believe to the saving of the soul. We better not draw back. That's easy to do. Don't get me wrong. There's so many things out in this world that can draw, cause us to draw back. You think about the things that the world has to offer. But again, remember, He says, His soul shall have no pleasure in somebody that draws back. He's going to say depart to that person. But again, I'd say, go back to what we talked about. Are we thinking about when He says well done? That pleasure that's on the other side of it, that pleasure that of uh, hearing him say, Entering into the joys of my Lord, those are the things that we should be thinking of. In first Peter chapter one and verse three through five it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which, according to his abundant mercy, hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you who are are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. He says it's an inheritance incorruptible. You know there's so many things out in this world that is corruptible. You, you buy, this day and age, you buy a car, and in just a little while, it's got rust pots on it. Uh, you buy something uh, that is electronic these days, and in two or three months, it seems like there's a brand new version. That the, the one that you got is no, of no use. We was out in the mall uh, yesterday, and uh, walked into, uh, gaming store one of those video game stores and i remember the first video game i got i still got it it's in it said it was in the attic it was an old nintendo system but it's it's vintage now what they would call vintage i guess now there's so many other video games there's a h1 or a, a ps5 or something you know some other model newer But God's gifts, they never get old. They never get corrupted. It's incorruptible, undefiled, and it's not going to fade away. And He says it's reserved in heaven for you. For the ones that want to take it and live by it, it's there for us. That's an undeniable fact. An undeniable fact. And then the last verse that we'll talk about this morning is in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10 through 11. It says, him talking to the churches there, he says, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison that ye may be tried, and ye shall... Have tribulation ten days. He says, Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. He that hath ears, hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. I thought that was pretty important, that second second verse. He said, He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. We won't. That second death that He talks about in Revelation, it's for those that deny and will not do what God asked them to do. And that, friends, is an undeniable fact. It's going to happen. We must be a faithful Christian. And that's why we have the plan of salvation. If you're here this morning... um, it's a simple plan. You must hear the word taught, Romans 10 and verse 17. It says, So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And then we must believe, Hebrews 11 and verse 6, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. We've got to believe that He is. And then he's going to be that rewarder that we we talked about this morning. Then we must repent. Acts seventeen and verse thirty. It says, "And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent." Ignorance ain't going to be an excuse. We're not going to have that excuse in the day of judgment that we just didn't know. Like I said at the beginning of our lesson, there's many many things out there just in doing. Putting this lesson together, I got my Scriptures off the Internet. I could copy and paste them into my text here. It's out there, friends. We can have it read to us. Uh, we may not understand exactly what it means, but we can ask someone to help us. And that's not going to be an excuse. Then we must confess. Matthew 10 and verse 32 and 33, it says, Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. And then in Acts the 8th chapter and verse 37, And Philip said, If thou believest with all thy heart, thou mayest. And the eunuch answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That beautiful confession that we would make. And then we must be baptized. And Acts the seventh chapter of verse 37 and 38 says, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart, and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And then in verse 41 it says, and then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. 3,000 souls. That's a lot of people. I know uh, uh, Dylan and sis uh, went to a ball game where there was multitudes of people last night. Uh, being in the mall, there's crowds of people. But think about that. 3,000 souls that would obey the gospel. Uh, we may preach 3,000 sermons and get one, but though that one is worth just as much today as it was on the day of Pentecost. It's worth everything, it's worth more than the whole world. And then, as we spoke in Acts, the second chapter, and verse 47, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. He did the No other person can do that but Him. You know. And then, we must be faithful. We talked about it there in Revelation chapter two and verse ten. Be thou faithful unto death, and I'll give thee a crown of life. We must be. And then death is coming to us all. And in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27, and as it is appointed unto man wants to die, but after this the judgment. The judgment's coming. We better be prepared. And then we must repent of our error. In James chapter five and verse sixteen it says, Confess your faults one to another, and pray one for the other, that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It does. It does. That prayer is worth more as much as anything if we need it.